one of the things that's happening is a lot of people are retiring or coming up on retiring or they've been retired like maybe their first year or second year and they're finding out that the government is taking way more of their money than they thought this really happens a lot it almost sideblinds a lot of people because all your life you've been told that you're going to pay less taxes when you retire and your tax rate will go down because your income will go down blah 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 Guess what? <laughs> Most of the time, what we're seeing is that's not true. Simply not true. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic, and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. Hello, how are you doing? This is Louis Giannis with WealthNet Investments. I feel like a rock star today because I have my mic attached to a stand, like a rock and roll stand. I thought about today because I just got off a podcast interview with a really, really good podcast interview with Matt Chin, who is involved with financing college education. It was great. But today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's on my desk. There's so much going on right now. And a lot of times, you know, it's just fun to share with you some of the things that are hitting my desk and some of the things we've been working on. And sometimes there's some information in there that can help you. And that's my hope today. I'm sitting in the office today. It's a nice sunny day. I'm actually staring out my window on the other side of my camera here. And that's why my glasses are shading in a little bit. But a lot's been on our plate lately. And we've been having, obviously, client meetings and a lot of investment analysis and discussing and looking at what's going on for opportunity because there's just so much opportunity that's coming around. But I want to talk a little bit about some of the things I'm thinking or I'm seeing that people are either struggling with or benefiting from. One of the things that's happening is a lot of people are retiring or coming up on retiring or they've been retired like maybe their first year or second year. And they're finding out that the government is taking way more of their money than they thought. This really happens a lot. It almost sideblinds a lot of people because all your life you've been told that you're going to pay less taxes when you retire and your tax rate will go down because your income will go down, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? <laughs> Most of the time, what we're seeing is that's not true. Simply not true. And there's a, a myriad of reasons why that happens. One of the reasons is because a lot more of your income is just simply taxed. So a lot of times Social Security will become taxed. And a lot of times what will happen is your investment accounts, when you're looking at your planning, you'll have some more taxable gains in actually getting to that retirement number. The other thing that happens that throws people off is that a lot of times you're automatically withholding from your paycheck when you get a paycheck, when you're working as an executive or whatever for a company. And then all of a sudden that stops when all of your income is coming from your portfolio and you're not withholding and then bam, you get smacked. You go, whoa, I got to make these big quarterly estimated taxes. 
The other thing that happens is people are having to sell, kind of forced to sell certain investments, especially if you're working for a tech executive, working for a tech company or a healthcare company, and those stocks need to be sold like you have to sell them if you're going to retire, and then whack, you get hit with some capital gains tax. So that's one of the things that's really happening a lot. And people are finding out, and we've been analyzing what's called distribution strategies, which is basically looking at what is the best way for me to take and pull from my investment accounts to fund my lifestyle for the rest of my life. You have different options. You can pull from your retirement accounts. You can pull from Roth IRAs. You can pull from just various stock accounts and things like that. And it's really surprising because a lot of the tested ways that we, or the, the tried and true protocols of how you should take money out for a retirement plan is not working out in practice. In my book, I talked about the kind of standard withdrawal strategy that tends to happen for most people. And it doesn't always work out that way. That's why it's really important to actually do your own custom distribution plan for how you do your retirement for you. A lot of times people want to use rules of thumb and they want to just focus in on rules of thumb and armchair or closet financial planning advice that they hear on the radio or whatever on television or they read. Some author says you really have to break it down to what's right for you. And distribution strategies sometimes may be different than what that financial planning book that you read says. You have to kind of run the numbers for you. So that's a big thing on my desk. Another thing that's on my desk is people who are this, this exciting, you know, young people who've got great careers, starting to earn a lot of high income, but they're not rich yet. And there's a lot of our clients are starting to fit in that category. They're building that wealth and they're excited about building the wealth and they're maybe starting families or have a family. And they're really just trying to get that plan and that financial security formula for them in place. And what I'm seeing happening there is sometimes a lot of people, in particular in certain age groups, I would say 30 to 45, they're too conservative. Because maybe in, during their life, there's been some bad experiences or something like that. And sometimes people are being too conservative and it makes zero sense to do that. A lot of times I'm actually finding people are underinsured. Now, we don't sell insurance or anything like that, but it's so important to follow the four cornerstones of financial planning. The four cornerstones of financial planning are first, deal with your adequate protection, which is your cash reserve and your insurance. Make sure you have a solid foundation. Then you move on to growth. Then you work on to your distribution, retirement income, and then your estate planning. Okay, so it's just interesting to see young people who are doing very well being too conservative or, or they're in a position where they just haven't put it all together. Like maybe they've worked several jobs and they've got these 401ks all over the place and it's just not a cohesive plan. So if you're in that position, put it all together and start getting a cohesive plan. That's so important. Another thing that's come on my desk is there are people out there who have started companies, entrepreneurs who basically are in a position where they're starting to accumulate, their business is doing well, but they got to figure out like, how am I going to make this business be a financial security formula for me? Uh, it's a different formula than the executive. And so that's a big challenge. I think one of the things that's tough is like, how do I get my money out of it? How do I get my money out of the company? There's different ways you can pull the money out, whether it be a dividend or whether it be from W-2 income or whether it be from other forms of retirement plans that you can set up. So that's another thing that I think a lot of people are struggling with who are in the entrepreneurial world. So finding that formula. 
So that's been on my mind a lot. And then a lot of ups and downs that people are having. Some people are getting hit by inflation. Inflation is starting to affect their income level or they're not able to save as much because all their costs are going up. In particular for people who have kids and are in certain areas of the country, inflation is really hitting them hard and people are having a hard time saving now. So this is something where I think if you're a younger person, getting that skill set up where you are finding your unique ability that the marketplace will reward and in increasing your income. So we're finding having those discussions and ideas, having creative ideas on how to actually get that done. How can I best improve my situation? So that's something that's happening out there in the, in the world. I'm not sure what's going on in your world, but I'll tell you, there's a lot going on in that area. But I want to switch gears to the markets now because in the marketplace, so one of the things, if you know me, you know that I'm jazzed about two things in life. Actually, I'm jazzed about three things in life. First is music. I love to play the guitar. Last night I was jamming out. I was actually playing with my son, who's now playing drums as well. And one of his friends was over, but I love to play the guitar. That spurs the creativity. A friend of mine who is also, I would consider him a mentor, he told me, listen, you need to pull your guitar out because that's what generates creativity. So anyhow, if you know me, I love music and I love economics investment analysis. I'm, I'm a numbers freak and I love to analyze the economy. I like to dig into the human behavior, what's happening with the markets, where the investment opportunities are. I'm a strategy guy. Absolutely love that. And the last thing that I absolutely love is my family, like most people. And I like that time with my kids and my wife. So I was thinking about that, like, how can we maximize that? So in your life, you think about your life, what are those top things that really bring you joy in your life? And how can you live that full life doing those things that bring you joy, but also improve your financial situation at the same time? And one of the things I did over the weekend was I cracked open a spreadsheet again, and I was looking, I get these creative ideas. And I don't know if you're this way, but if you get a creative idea, and you just got to go for it. And I spent like, I want to say at least 12 hours just cranking on analysis of the markets because you know what, we're in a situation where we could go back and look at times that are similar to today and see what the probabilities are. It's all about probabilities when you're dealing with investments. Everybody wants to tell you something with certainty. They want to tell you, oh, I know for sure this is a sure thing. There is no sure thing in investing. <laughs> I wish I could tell you there was. If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your peace of wealth into peace of mind, go to WealthNetInvest.com and click on the Schedule a Call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today. I went through and I looked at the data looking at the Standard Poor's 500, which is the index people think about with stocks. It's, it's like the largest, roughly the largest 500 stocks in the United States. And I went and I looked at the daily analysis of returns and different indicators that I developed, uh, proprietary indicators. And a lot of people don't know this, but the S&P 500 was launched Monday, March 4th, 1957. Okay, so I analyzed a bunch of daily data indicators to look at where we are now versus a similar positions when we've had some crisis. We have not had that big of a drawdown with this Ukraine situation. There's a ton of fear still out there when you look at the data. And it's funny because if you look at the percentage of the time that the market is in a drawdown from peak to trough, and you compare that to normal times, the median drawdown 
if you look at all the rolling from the all-time high, the median drawdown is 5.52%. So like about 50% of the time, like right in the middle, the market is generally about 5.5% away from the highs. So you're not always going to be hitting new highs. So you get through periods of time where you hit new highs and then you come back from the new highs. Well, right now we're roughly off about that much. So we really not, have not had a significant decline due to the situation with the Ukraine. I mean, if you want to talk about like the 25th percentile, like 75% of the time the market is more than 15% off the high. And that would be a more significant drop. And we really, you know, we bounced around the 10% drop depending on what index you're looking at. So the the market has been very muted in terms of its response. But if you look at the way the market has been responding into the daily volatility itself, not the return from the peak, but the daily volatility, the movements, we're sitting, you know, the 50th percentile is right at 0.71%. So the daily standard deviation is roughly about 0.71% in the S&P 500. We're actually above that level right now. So the point is, is that although we haven't come down a lot from the high, volatility is increasing. And that is normally a sign that the risks are higher that you could have a drop. We also have higher valuations. Valuations don't look as strong as they normally do. I had a good friend of mine point out that the transportation index sometimes in the near recent history has not been acting right relative to the market. So in other words, the market is going up, but the transportation index, which has like railroads and airlines, that's not being as strong. Now, according to the Dow theory, which is a technical analysis theory that's been around a long time, that's not a good sign. That's called a negative divergence. So we're seeing some negative divergences here and there. But what I'm seeing is we run an analysis where every day we run what's called a signal algorithm. We're looking at companies that meet certain criteria of quality valuation and earnings growth. There's a bunch of fundamental factors for companies. We're looking for good, solid companies. And then we analyze them for what I call a signal worksheet. And basically, it's a multi-factor model, which basically looks at various indicators of supply and demand for the stocks themselves and compares that. And in each one of these factors have some benefit to them. They're quantitatively over time and over history, they've shown to add value to help you pick stocks better. What that's showing is that there is some underlying strength in certain areas, but it's not in the areas that everybody talks about. It's not in like the Microsofts or the Amazons. It's really not there. It's in like companies like Magnolia, an oil company, or it might be in a little communication company, or it might be in a broadcasting company. So what we're seeing right now is not your typical type of market. In fact, I'm going to actually pull up a few stocks. I'm going to let this load while I'm talking to you and maybe pull up some ideas. But the point I want to make is that we're in this bottom-up stock-picking environment. It's better to actually look at what's happening underneath the hood. For example, you might have noticed Apple. Apple came up to highs again, and it sold off. Tesla, Tesla came down really hard. Now it's starting to show strength again. We've actually picked up some Tesla. But there's little companies like the symbol is ACLS, which is one of our holdings. It had a nice breakout in March, and now it's come back down on a return move. Good fundamentals. You know, some of the financial companies that people have been ignoring, like Aflac, Berkshire Hathaway, some of the mining companies, copper mining has been doing well. Anglo Gold Ashanti is one of the companies that we own that has been showing really good signs of strength and improved fundamentals. 
it's interesting. They're not the names that everybody considers sexy, quote unquote. They're different types of names, names like iRhythm Technologies, which is coming off a big low. It was way up at $275 a share, went down to 50. Now it's rising strongly. It's around 162 now. I mentioned Magnolia Oil, even little companies like Public Storage. It's amazing. People are moving. They need to store things and the revenues and earnings are doing better with public storage. Uh, We had a really nice breakout in public storage. It's now moving strongly ahead. So there are opportunities out there. I would say the biggest risk that we've been seeing is bonds. Last year, we just went through a series of reviews with clients and our stocks were, you know, up in the 29 to 30% range last year, the stock portion of our portfolios. The bonds, however, did not do very well last year. They were basically flat. Some of our client bonds portfolios were up slightly, especially if we had more municipal bonds in the portfolios. But this year, the bonds are really selling off. And that has to do with the Fed and inflation and all of the worries that we have surrounding that. So I think it's really prudent still to be cautious with bonds. It's not going to be a straight line. But the traditional 60-40 portfolio is under pressure. When I say 60-40 portfolio, I'm talking about 60% stock, 40% bond. That's kind of your traditional portfolio that so many people are invested in. And normally, you have this relationship where the correlations between bonds and stocks are relatively low or even maybe negative, which means that you get a good return blending stocks and bonds, and they lower the risk because they move at different times. But we're shifting into a different regime, and this happens many times when you have real inflation rates start moving higher, real interest rates coming under pressure, you start seeing that correlation go back to positive. So many people who have been investing, who are younger in particular, they've never seen this kind of a situation. So the 60-40 portfolio is not maybe based on the data I'm looking at, maybe not as strong as you would normally think. So you have to do things that are outside of the box. You might have to own some commodities. We've had big runs in our agricultural commodity positions, and we had some nice runs in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going sideways now at this point. But it's just my point is, is that your strategy is not always going to be the same in order to make good, reasonable rates of return on a risk-adjusted basis. Plug-and-play investment strategies You know, I've just never been a big fan of them. And there are times when it's hard to beat the plug and play 60-40. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's tough, especially when you have a rip-roaring bull market. But when you get in positions like this, this is where our style, my style of managing investments, I believe, really adds more value. And we can look at that verifiably. It's one of those things where when you're looking at your financial plan, you've got to have a good financial plan. And I talk about financial planning a lot, but without good investment management strategies, you're hosed. So you got to put the effort in, you know, you work with people that have good, solid strategies, but indexing on its own, I don't know. There's times when I really love it. And there's times when I go, geez, why would you index? And I think we're in that period of time right now where I'm saying, I don't know about this whole indexing thing. I'm not so sure that I want to be doing that right now. So that's stuff that's been on my plate lately. There's a lot of business stuff going on. We're in the middle of documenting our unique processes because we have a lot of unique processes in how we do business, the how we do business. And that is so exciting for us because our team is looking at each area, how we're managing money, how we're delivering advice, how we're setting up financial plans, how we're communicating, and really looking at how we can make that better and better. So These are really, really good times. There's times when it's tiring, 
There's times when we go, oh my gosh, this just seems daunting. But I'll tell you, overall, it's great to be a WealthNet owner and investor and client. <laughs> so anyhow, I hope you're doing well. Just wanted to give you a little insight as to what's happening behind the scenes over here at WealthNet Investments. I hope you're having a great day. We'll talk to you later. For the latest episode of The Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoy the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. 